Welcome, draft enthusiasts, to the first episode of On the Clock. I am Reagan Griffin, and I'm joined by a good friend of mine, Cameron Lewis. What's up, man? Man, we we are both. Let's give them a little bit of background about us. I I've always been a draft fan. Uh, that that's really how I got into football deeply, just through. You know, watching college players come up and then wondering what they would do in the NFL and then keeping track of that. And then from there, I progressed into mock drafts, which got into scouting. And then, you know, next thing you know, I'm drawing up mock drafts in my, you know, little notebook when I'm 12 years old. You know, <laughs> didn't get a pick right, but you know, <laughs> you know how that goes. But, you know, I, I love the draft, man. I, I love it. I love to death. Same, man. You know, got into it as a young one. Um, and I think what we really connected on when we first met was not so much of just being a football fan, but right. we both love the concept of team building. Team building, so right. like Reagan said, yeah. um, more of an NBA guy, but just the whole fascination of trade deadline, drafting, swapping picks, all of that fascinates me. Building a team from scratch, right? Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like the, You always fun. see the, the, the success, right? And you see the teams holding up the trophy, but how did it get to that point? Right. And that, that's and that's then, where the infatuation is. Then lies. you see the teams that are not so well, and you're like, man, if yeah. they just do this, 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 and this, exactly. they would be good. So I, I think that's, you know, people like us, we talk about it every single day, and... We look at it, we read it, and we're like, man, we can do this. So exactly. why not, you know, bring our thoughts to Michael? Exactly. So that's why we're here. That's why we're doing On the Clock. Um, so without further ado, let's get into it. Uh, for the inaugural episode, uh, we're about a week removed now from the national championship. Not Maybe not that far out, but... Um, I feel like it's appropriate to address the game just since it's such a staple in college football, and there were some darn good players that played in it. Yeah, man. I mean, where do we start? I mean, both, both teams... Have phenomenal talent. Right. Um, some talent going to be first round picks this year from Clemson. Some teams, you know, like LSU, probably going to have like fifteen guys. <laughs> right. Drafted. You know, so, dudes I mean, across the board, man. And you usually see that in national championship, right? Because yeah. you know, at the end of the day, the the game boils down to the talent on the field. Um, coaching is obviously important, but you got to have players who can execute. Um, who were some dudes that that? stood out to you on the field either from Clemson or LSU guys that you like just popped off for you so my first guy um, I'm a Louisiana kid born and raised New Orleans so first guy I just have to go with the number nine that I'm with right now a <laughs> um, little bit sorry about my Saints win but Joe Burrow man got to, another man. great game man 436 passing yards 31 for 49 um, he even um, he had like what four or five touchdowns ridiculous and he's um, been doing that all year all long. season man he was 14 carries for 58 on the ground rushing touchdown mm-hmm. I mean just a a, I mean, a perfect ending to a to a great Heisman season and I'm not gonna lie to you when I when I first started watching tape on Joe Burrow I didn't really see it. I, I I saw like he he was accurate and you know he he could he was a little mobile and he made good decisions. But I wasn't sure if he was the caliber player that everyone was talking about. What I saw initially, um, I remember I wrote it down. I'm like I see Dak Prescott, like right. a, a smart guy who makes smart decisions. He can move a little bit, but he's he needs talent around him to make him successful. But when I watched him throughout these college football playoffs, he's making plays for his receivers as much as they're making plays for him like he puts that ball on the money every single time every single time and I thought his high completion percentage was a product of a simplified offense no he just puts that ball where it needs to go almost every time I'm impressed yeah man and I think that's what I love about Joe Burrow the most um as I said you know we both at USC so growing up just a quick little story um first football team 
I really saw was USC football. I saw Reggie mm-hmm. Bush. That's how I got into football. Love USC football. Love Reggie Bush. Came to the Saints. Everything came full circle. Yeah. Season tickets, gotcha. all that. But I've always been a USC fan. But just being in New Orleans, being Louisiana, I always follow LSU football. So when Joe Burrow came in last year, my aunt she stays in Gonzales, you know, mm-hmm. right outside of Baton Rouge. So every Saturday is LSU day, and. I just saw Joe Burrow, and I'm not sure what it was, but I just really liked what I saw from him. Last mm-hmm. year wasn't really a good year. Jamar Chase was a freshman. Right. Justin Jefferson was a sophomore. You know, everything wasn't really there. Joe Brady was not there. Mm-hmm. There were still questions and just, you know, pieces that were missing from the offense, but I always liked him. I was like, man, once everything comes full circle, Jamar Chase actually went to high school. He went to my high school. Like, really? School. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then he left, went to one of our rivals, but I just saw him. In high school, and he dominated, man. So I knew that the pieces would come together. I did not know it would end like this, right. but yeah, man. He just like he reminds me of Drew Brees in the sense of just instilling confidence in his receiver. Oh yeah, play after play, each drive, and this is like after I knew everything about Joe Burrow after Heisman, the college football game against Oklahoma, man. It was like the first quarter, and he threw a pass to Justin Jefferson, and he went straight through his hands, and he dropped it. Mm-hmm. Next play. Touchdown, Justin Jefferson. Right back and to that's, him. that's something that Drew Brees just does with like a lot of undrafted guys and stuff like that. And that really resonates with me. But yeah, like you said, when you watch Joe Burrow, he doesn't have like, you know, the the athleticism or the tools that you can actually see. Mm-hmm. But man, he just produces the balls on the money. He's a great leader and he has that confidence that you want in the quarterback. Not that Baker Mayfield. Right. It's not it's the, yeah, there's no But there's a cockiness yeah, to it. To it yeah. It's it's kinda like Aaron Rodgers confident where you like okay this guy you can say he's a jerk yeah. but it's because he knows he's that good he knows yeah. he's that good and I, I just really like that about him man. I wouldn't even go that far because there right. there are certain times where Aaron Rodgers can alienate himself from his teammates yeah, yeah whether and it's through Joe frustration Burrow's I guess we haven't opposite. seen Joe Barrow go through any of those frustrations but like those dudes on that LS team LSU team, they would run through a brick wall for that dude. And every time it was nothing but praise for Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow this, Joe Burrow that. They they love the guy. And that's, you know, as, you know, wannabe scouts, right? right. Like we see those things and th- those are intangibles, things that you can't really measure that, you know, right. those factor in because you don't want a guy to come in that people won't respect or look to or, right. you know, run through a wall for. You want a guy that, you know, especially if you're Cincinnati and you're drafting number one overall, you need right. a franchise player. You don't just need a quarterback. You need somebody who can be the face of Cincinnati football. Franchise. Exactly. Yeah, man. And I mean, hey, it's a perfect story. He goes, he From went Ohio, to Heisman. Right? <laughs> he gets the national championship. Now he gets to be number one pick and go back home, man. All the pieces are aligned. It's awesome, man. He's living the great life right now. And when you look at the last couple of dudes to, A, win a Heisman, a national championship, and get drafted number one overall, you got Jameis and Cam are the two that come to mind. Right. Um, and you know he doesn't really fit the mold of those two guys, but no. it's just it's it's an aura about him. There's just yeah. something different that's you can't really place your finger on, but you just know it's there. Yeah, man. I I don't know even with those guys two seasons. I don't know if I've ever seen. I was just you know. he's better. He he put together in yeah. my opinion the best quarter quarterback season of all time. Man, his his two top receivers Jefferson and Chase combined for 38 touchdowns. Man, it's like, ridiculous. You, you don't see that, man. Like you, he led in passing yards and completion percentage. Yeah. That doesn't even make sense. Like, right. you you think the more times you throw the ball, the less, you know, accurate you'd be, but that right. dude, he kept it at 71. 60 touchdowns, man. Yeah, to six interceptions. Ridiculous, man. man. Absolutely ridiculous. Not even ridiculous. double-digit interceptions. That's crazy, man. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, guy that impressed me, 
uh, growing up, I was a track guy. Right. So I'm always going to ride for the track guys. Uh, you know, Chuba Hubbard, he's not coming in the draft this year, but the first thing that popped off the screen watching him was like, oh my God, look at those knees, look at those arms. That dude, clearly he runs track. Turns out he ran for Canada. <laughs> he runs for Canadians Olympics, Can- oh, really? Canada's Olympics team. Yeah, wow, he's at that. Know that. But track guy coming out this year, Clemson, Isaiah Simmons, man. And freak athlete. Freak absolute like I, I haven't seen anything like it we've seen things similar to it Jabril Peppers Derwin James. Derwin James but we haven't seen them all come together the way Isaiah Simmons is you're talking about you know 6'4 230 pounds he'll probably run a 4'4 he'll run a 4'4 because you know we talk about Travis Etienne is a guy with a ton of bursts yeah they race right and <laughs> there's videos of, of them racing it Etienne just gets him. He just gets him. But like he's he's right there with him. So that dude, his top end speed is ridiculous. He has burst and he has the ability to come and pass rush. He can play the mic. He can go sideline to sideline. He can cover a tight end or a nickel receiver. Uh, There was one play. He he started out like he was gonna blitz. And on the snap of the ball, he he just hijacks it all the way to the secondary. And he ends up covering deep middle and, and it was it was a pass interference but it was just the thing that stood out to me it, it wasn't him that pass interfered it was the corner but he was in the play he was close enough to where he could make a play in that situation which was just ridiculous to me for someone who started literally at where the football was to end up 20 yards or it was more than that probably more like 30 yards downfield able to make a play on the ball which is he's a remarkable different type of athlete um and, and it's 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 unfathomable to me. Like it, to me, he's the he's safer than Chase Young to me. He's safe. He's a safer pick than Chase I can't Young. Argue that. And I was actually gonna get there, man. Um, you know, he hasn't really actually. You know, today's the last day for you know people to declare for the draft. Mm-hmm. But he hasn't made a decision. He doesn't have to. He doesn't, he doesn't have to announce a decision. He can just file his papers and you yeah, know, be eligible. But. You know, going into the championship game, Isaiah Simmons was mocked in the top 12. I think by the time we get to April, um, there's going to be talk about Isaiah Simmons in oh, the yeah. top two. I want to say two to five, but I yeah. feel like two to three is safer. Yeah, like oh two yeah. two to three is safer. He's just one of those dudes that's like, you really can't miss with him. And I don't know, just right after the game, I just saw like a lot of reporters talking about teams being weary of him because they don't know, you know, what position he's going to be solidified in. <laughs> Man, we're in... 2020 like right. versatility is in like I don't want a player if I had to choose I wouldn't want a player that can play linebacker and have to chase Lamar Jackson right. or somebody that can play linebacker safety and nickel and have to chase all the speed yeah. around the field with the Chiefs and the Ravens the more versatility you offer me the better so I don't think him not having a quote unquote solid position which is linebacker right. he's a solid linebacker I don't think that it's going to be anything that scares the that, team away. That, so that sort of mentality that doesn't make from. sense to me. And that type of mentality is what's keeping teams away from excelling. Yeah, because it's like, you ask him, it's like, what position do you play? The answer is, what do you want me to play? Because I can go out and do basically right. everything on your defense for right. you. So that, that sort of, like you said, versatility, that's that can be weaponized in so many different ways. Right. And, and when you're you know, looking at the, these top teams, when you're a Detroit or a New York or a Miami, like there are so that you can utilize that in so many different ways. So it's like it's not a question of what can he do. It's a question of what do you need? Because he can do any of those things. Um who else stood out to you? Um, another guy that I'm really, really a big fan of, you know, T. Higgins. Um, mm-hmm. This wide receiver class is stacked, but I feel like stacked he's a top to five rim. wide out in his class. Um, he had 
three receptions for 52 yards. He had one phenomenal catch where, and you know what I'm talking about. He yeah. Almost, he almost had his feet in, but one foot was slightly right. out. That would have been a beautiful catch. The one where the, the foot kind of hovered over the, the yeah. grass a little bit. Yeah. 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 So he had 352 after that. Um, he took a big hit, had an injury. Yeah. It was really non-existent for the rest of the game, but he really jump-started Clemson on um, a head start that really seemed like, you know, they were going to win that game. It started yeah. off really high. A little bit. That, that was because of him. Um, and, yeah, that, that was one of the other guys. So you, you mentioned the, the hit that he took. That's one of my concerns for T. Higgins because he's a big, he's a tall dude, yeah. but he's a little skinny on the skinnier side. So yeah, I, I worry about his durability weight. a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's probably going to be his biggest concern because, man, he's, what, 6'4". Yeah. About two ten. Yeah, yeah definitely skin on the skinnier side for someone of his. But height. man, his everything else is just there. Yeah, um, the speed is there. Um, his catch radius is phenomenal. Everything else is there. He just has to put on weight. That's so, what I definitely agree with that. And and a lot of times with people like that, you put them in an NFL system, they're oh, they're able yeah. to you know put on 15, 20 pounds. Um, kind of a, a more under the radar guy that that stood out to me, Jacob Phillips out of LSU. Uh. Doesn't really have a whole lot of traction when it comes to other linebackers, and I don't think he's made his decision yet on whether or not he's going to declare for the draft. But the LSU offense has been the star of the show all all year long, right? You know, that's where people's focus have been. It's been Joe Burrow. It's been man. Look at Jamar Chase. Look at Jefferson. Look at uh, he, declared. he declared. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So Jacob Clip Phillips declared. So he's going to be in the draft. But people don't really look to LSU's defense so much as they look to the offense. But yeah. He's been quietly putting together a really, really good season. He led the team uh, in the game with eight tackles. And this is a guy who's another athletic freak. Basically the same size as uh, uh, Isaiah Simmons. He's 6'4", 230, and he can move. Not like Isaiah Simmons because he's just on a different level. But he can really move. And, and you can put him at – he's another guy that you could put a Mike, Sam, or Will. And he can play any of those uh, um, very well. Uh, very good first impression when I first watched him on tape. He moves ex- incredibly well for his size. He can cover. Um, he shoots gaps with a sense of urgency. You know, you don't. The the key to playing linebacker, right? And I only played it for a year my senior year. But you cannot hesitate. Even if you're wrong, you better be wrong going at 110 miles an hour because if you hesitate, you're clogging up places where other people are supposed to be. So. He, he when he shoots his gaps he, he has that first little read step and then he just goes which is exactly what you need so I'm not sure if he comes into the league immediately ready to plug and play but given two three years I, I think he, that that's a very very solid linebacker that fits on you know whether you're running a 3-4 or a 4-3 he could fit on either one of those styles of defenses yeah man my, um, my last guy Justin Jefferson um, all night the whole game it was the Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase yeah. show. That was wide open um, all night. But Justin Jefferson still managed to have a good game, man. He had nine receptions for 106 yards. And I really just feel like, you know, Jefferson, those are great numbers, especially yeah. in a big game like that. Um, but I felt like they centered their their game plan more around Jefferson. I mean, the game before that, he, killed he had 14, 227, and Four touchdowns. I mean, and they, obviously you're gonna keep on that guy. They they seem like they were confident in what uh, <laughs> what uh, number eight could could do because he was a prospect in his own right against Terrell. Jamar Chase Terrell. Yeah. yeah, didn't pan out like that. <laughs> AJ Terrell kind of got his uh his lunch taken from him, but 
Oh yeah, I, I definitely see what you're what you're saying in Justin Jefferson, um, another guy who just didn't start out like a highly touted recruit or anything, but yeah. he just worked on his craft and developed his route running, and he has pretty you know prototypical size. Like he he has all the tools necessary. Um, he's one that I also think that might take a little bit for him to 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 develop, but he, it's definitely there. Man, um, his his. Um, yeah, just after catching the ball, man, mm-hmm. he's he's just always just ahead, like making a five yard slant into like a, a 15, 20 yard reception. He's he's just incredible at that. Definitely. Uh, my last guy was Travis Etienne, but he made the decision not too long ago to go back and go to Clemson for one more year. Um, that that's understandable considering the strength of the running back class yeah. uh, right now. Um, Still a huge shocker. Though. Yeah, it was a pretty kind of shocking to me because I thought he was, he's he's ready to make the jump, uh, and you, you, these, a lot of these guys don't like to take the risk of injury and stay in yeah. college. But you know, evidently that's his decision. I respect it. Um, so I'm gonna replace him with Randy Moss's son, the tight end Thaddeus. Man, man, that's a big boy. That is a big dude, and he moves extremely well for that size. Like that, that's like the one thread that I can point to through all my guys is big dudes that move really well. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what was my infatuation with that, but like for a tight end, like he's built like a a bigger tight end. Yeah. You know, he's not like one of those you know six three kind of quicker two twenty guys that you're gonna use more as a receiver than a blocker. Like he's so huge, you can. You plug him in. He can he can seal the edge if you want to run a stretch play, and he can you know in the red zone especially he's become such a big threat because it's just like DBs can't you know yeah, fight through that size. And I know this might, especially at this time, might be just a sensitive topic to do this. So I'll just leave it at that. I won't get into any details. Mm-hmm. But just with the big body and the way that he moves receiving, he just reminds me not. So far as his play style, but like I said, just the build and mm-hmm. fluidity and how he moves of Aaron Hernandez, man. Mm. Just, just that big tight end that's really fluid and can move. So, right. Yeah, man. He's definitely impressive. And uh, with, with the, the 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 NFL lineage always helps. I, I, I think some people sometimes people give it a little too much credit. Yeah. Um, but it's always good that you know his dad's Randy Moss, so you know he has those genetics to where he's he's an athlete and it's not like you know we're we're our eyes are fooling us we can look at it and tell like the dude's an athlete and looking at you know who he comes from it makes sense that he would be that type of athlete yeah. for sure before we move on man just you brought up Jacob Phillips and you just mm-hmm. brought up to me another guy that really impressed co-MVP with Joe Burrow Patrick Queen mm. yeah I almost I almost had him but he hadn't declared at that point either yeah. but both of them are very very good man, players really good in coverage and both of those guys man like you said just prototypical linebackers that you need like with the West Coast offense and just the spread offenses just to speed all over the field like on a weekly basis if you're not seeing Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill you're seeing Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara, they're going to mm-hmm. spread it out. They're going to throw it just speed everywhere. Right. You're seeing, you know, the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, and those guys are just sideline to sideline linebackers. And he just reminds me of that prototypical linebacker. So I think somebody's going to really steal him. If not, oh, yeah. you know, he kills the combine or whatever and becomes a first-round pick. But. It's crazy, man, because I, I literally had queen right here and then i erased it just because i thought jacob phillips was just that much better like not not not, it's not substantial the difference but he was just he had just a slight edge and i only had three so i didn't pick queen queen is a great player in his own able to do this year man on both sides of the ball man 
It's just ridiculous. They're probably yeah. gonna have like fifteen guys drafted. Oh yeah, that's just ridiculous. Dude. And Clyde Hilaire, uh, Edwards Hilaire drafted. So yeah. we didn't uh, even bring up Grant Delpit. Delpit, you got Fulton. Fulton. Like yeah, they, 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 uh, that that national championship game. Everyone knew there's there's talent across the board on both yeah, sides yeah. of the ball. So um, it was definitely a good you know for for scouts to examine you know the future of the NFL in that one game. Um, but moving on, Senior Bowl is upcoming this week. Uh, Dudes have, for the most part, committed uh, in, into what they're going to do. Who are some people that you think uh, can go, who are not, not necessarily make a name for themselves, because it could be to their detriment as well, but just right. people that you are interested in seeing what they're going to do um, within that, that, that. Before we get into that, I just want to say um, the two teams that are coaching, mm-hmm. um, both um, teams in the Senior Bowl will be the Bengals. Right. have the number one pick, and the Detroit Lions, they have the third pick. Um, actually, the guy, Matt Nagy, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, not Matt Nagy, Jim Nagy. I'm <laughs> right. thinking about the Bears coach, Jim Nagy. Um, he's the executive director of the Senior Bowl. Actually said he's meeting with Joe Burrow tonight, mm. and Joe Burrow will give him his decision whether he plays or not. So we know Burrow is probably going one, but that would be interesting to bit because he'll probably be on the Bengals staff, <laughs> and you get to build that relationship early. Those, those those are the sorts of things, that, and I've read things that are like, the Bengals aren't completely sold, and they're going to do their digit. Ah, like, you know, you, you I mean, know at this point, yeah, yeah. It, but um, those are the type of things that I look for, and those are the type of decisions that you know they don't—they're not the end-all, be-all. But if Joe Burrow, as the number one consensus pick right now, right. with nothing really to gain from it, right. decides to go to the Senior Bowl anyway, that tells me what type of competitor he is. Right. Like if he's really that adamant about going and playing in in a situation where he can only lose ground and not really gain anything, like that just tells me how. A competitive and B like if he wants to go build the relationship that he really wants to be a Cincinnati Bengal. Yeah, and his dad came out today say he would love to, but of course, yeah, go, every, no one's gonna home. say I don't want to be the number one pick, right? But like, or yeah. or to get a chance, you know, to revitalize your hometown. Exactly. So, I mean, but my first guy, man, Jordan Love, quarterback, Utah State. One hundred percent agree. Yeah. Um. Not this season, but last year he had a thirty-two touchdown to six interception ratio. Mm-hmm. But this year, man, he had a new offensive coordinator, Mike Sanford. Um. He's a new OC. I, forgot where he got high. I want to say like in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. But Jordan Halaf had a really tough year, man. He had a 20, 20 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. But man, just looking at a game where like he played elite talent, mm-hmm. I try to like judge small quarterbacks yeah. off of like how do you look against an elite defense. I watched that game recently, man. It was just like a lot of on the money passes. Exactly. Just drop exactly. So he didn't really on the that that's that that's the thing that popped off to me immediately is that he's a natural thrower of the ball. He got a yeah. very strong arm and he's at Utah State. His receivers are not going to be these four-star, five-stars that go to right. these these big schools. They're going to be, you know, lesser. But he always puts them in positions to where they can make plays. Right. Um, they just now, haven't they been making it. Off of that? Exactly. But he's always putting that. the ball in a spot to where the receiver can go and get it. Yeah. So I, I think Jordan Love has a chance, man. I know Joe Burrow, like we said, it's going one. Um, Tua, no matter how he really performs, probably going to be a second quarterback taking right. off of the board. But there's still questions around Love, questions mm-hmm. around Herbert. Yeah. Um, the other two guys that are being projected to go in the first round. So I think he goes here. Herbert's also going to be um, exactly in the senior bowl. So they get a chance, you know, 
get around some NFL guys, exactly. run an NFL offense, play with more talented receivers. Exactly. That's so. the thing I would that because when all things are created equal, right? So I think and he Justin Herbert can help himself more. He ex- can hurt himself. Very true. Because when 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 the when the playing field is level and yeah. they're throwing to the same caliber of guys, what, what does it look see. like? That what and and. <sighs> I, I've been a very big proponent of love ever since I first watched him, which was about a month ago, just because it, it's it, it's remarkable how often he puts his receivers in positions to succeed, but yeah. it's also remarkable that he continues to trust them even though they're failing him, which right. is good in, to an extent, but I also see a bit of Jamie's Winston in him. It's like you're kind of taking risks that aren't necessary. Yeah, he's definitely risky, and I think he's one of those quarterbacks um, like we talked on one of our other podcasts is where mm-hmm. it would be good for him to sit behind a guy yes. for a year, mentor, for sure. you know, get to learn the offense. You, you don't want to put, he's not the guy you want to put in that fight. He's well, not ready. Which is the the um, the type of opportunity that he'll get because if he does go first round, it'll likely be late first round. Yeah. So late first round quarterbacks that, you know, or late first round teams that could potentially be in the market for a quarterback, the Saints, yeah. the Patriots. And the most intriguing thing about Love is he's that guy um, he's the opposite of Joe Burrow, as we said earlier. He's that guy where you put on the film, and you see the intangibles, and you see the strong arm, yeah. and you see all of those traits. So even like you said, even the stuff that you can't really see that you have to dissect, him putting trust in teammates, you see all of that on right. film. Now it's just a matter of the level feels, it's it's all laid out, everything is even, mm-hmm. how are you going to produce? Exactly. So senior Bowl is, is a really good opportunity for him to help himself. Uh, and on to that point, that's, that's why I love the Senior Bowl so much, because the, the combine... Can do so much. We can tell how fast you run, how quick you are. We can put you through some routes with no it's defense. Like but the Senior Bowl <laughs> is competition. Yeah, we'll get to see uh, uh, guys, these top tier receivers, go against a guy like Christian Fold, and we'll get to see these guys actually compete each other against each other at the highest level. So it's almost like one of these prospect camps that you see when these guys come out of high school, but for an NFL, you know, and you get a chance to meet with executives. You exactly. Get a to learn the offense. There's practice leading up to the game. Every single day, exactly you're on TV. It's just, it's everything that you're used to doing, but everybody has the same chance. Exactly. Right? So it's it, the Senior Bowl is definitely one of my favorite things about the draft process. Highly important. Um, one dude that I, I think could potentially make a name for himself, Bryson Hopkins, tight end out of Purdue. Yes. Um, and, and this tight end class, it's not, it's not particularly strong. It's not as strong as it's been in years past. Um. But Hopkins is the one guy that I really see as capable of putting himself in first round conversation. Um, he went to Purdue, not a great school. You know, you're not going to get much exposure coming out of Purdue. Um, but his 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 speed, his quickness, his hands, like he has almost getaway speed for a tight end, which is kind of ridiculous. Um, and there, there, and now that Thaddeus Moss is in it, he could be in that conversation too. But what what I see from Hopkins is somebody who can come in and make a difference immediately. And at six five two forty, the way he can move is he he's faster than Thaddeus. Um, and to me, he's likely to run the fastest time of all the top tight ends in the, in the draft right now. Um, so by the end of the Senior Bowl, I wouldn't be shocked if he's like you know in can conversations for that you know late first round you know a team that really doesn't have a whole lot of needs but could potentially you know use an addition like him like a a new england patriots for example who you know have operated with tight ends as the focal point of the offense before i could see him being a late first rounder if he uh 
if he shows what I think he has, which is, you know, elite speed for his position and really good agility, which translates to pretty good route running. Yeah, my next guy, man, Terrell Lewis, 6'5", eight rush, eight rush, I'm sorry, <laughs> edge rusher, tongue twister, edge rusher, linebacker um, from Alabama, 6'5", 250, really solid. 2017, he tore his ACL. So, and ever since then, he's really been, like, plagued with injuries in and out. But, um, yeah, man, the guy, his first step is really, really explosive, man. He's really athletic. Um, I think he had about six sacks, 31 tackles this year. Kind of a quiet year, but, man, everybody at Alabama, everything I read, mm-hmm. they just rave about the guy, his athleticism, his speed. So that's one guy I'm really interested to see because, like I said, plagued with a lot of injuries, but super, super talented. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay, and on the Alabama point, I had a Raekwon Davis, defensive lineman. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what it is about me today, but I'm just picking these athletic freaks. Like, you know, this, this dude's 6'7", 300 pounds, strong as an ox. Like, the, the, he's a bully. Sometimes you put on his tape, he's just like, he, you know, that, that drill that they do where they run and they, they slap the pad. I forget the name of the drill, but it's like he does that drill, but in real life, and they, the offensive linemen fall as though they were with the pads. Like, he's just ridiculously strong. But he also comes across as somewhat of a raw prospect, um, somebody who's not necessarily as polished as some of the other defensive linemen in this class. Um, and it, it, it's going to be big for him in that it's going to show how ready he is to take on an NFL load. Like we know the athleticism's there, but not all athletes are NFL players. So if he goes in and impresses against these top offensive linemen and show linemen and show that he can, you know, beat these guys and get to the quarterback at an NFL level, you know, it'll it'll to me put his name towards the first round where right now he's kind of a day two prospect um that could potentially boost him to the first round but with that said if he goes in and gets beat up a little bit and shows like hey i'm this great physical specimen but i don't have much you know actual skill to me that could also push his name back to day three so it's going to be really make make or break for him because like like you said man that the talent's undeniable man like throughout the season he was mocked as a first round pick but like you said just not ready raw inconsistent so the senior bowl can really make or break him exactly on my next guy like you said we just both I don't know athletic <laughs> athletic day um, defensive line man I mean that's where the game is won the trenches mm-hmm. so I have oh, Deron yeah. Kinlaw ooh bad boy South Carolina bad man. boy um, made the all SEC this year but kind of quiet man he's another guy only had about six sacks mm-hmm. but man he's huge I think he's like 6'5 like 310 pounds yeah man he's explosive off the edge he's quick he's powerful man he, he's somebody that I think even besides the senior bowl, just like mm-hmm. going, each team has like what thirty, I think, workouts that they can choose. Yeah, one-on-one workouts. He's gonna go, man, and impress a team, and somebody's gonna really take yeah. him early. Everything's there, the intangibles. He's a great guy, man. Javon Kinlaw is definitely a name to watch. I, I can, I can definitely see it, and I've already seen his name come up in conversations when it comes to the first round. And you know, the, the Derek Brown is kind of in a tier of his own. Yeah. Um, but then after that, I think that next guy could potentially be Javon Kinlaw. Um, last guy I had, uh, I have a buddy of mine that goes to Cal Berkeley. He plays wide receiver, and I asked him about Ashton Davis. I said, well, "Can you give me some insight into the type of dude that Ashton Davis is?" And, he said uh, it was all great things, obviously, and but these weren't the, these your standard teammate compliments. Oh, he's a great guy. He's a good leader. Da 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 da. I think he'd be a valuable asset. Like it wasn't like that. He was genuinely raving about him. 
He remarked on his diligence. Uh, he remarked on his refusal to be outworked by anyone. He spoke of his ability to come down and play in the box and make tackles and his willingness to do that and his ability to really lay the wood on dudes at times. He spoke of his leadership prowess, but the, the, the thing that he raved about the most was his athleticism. And, you know, there's a lot of times where we look at a guy, especially if he's if he's a white dude, not a lot of people are looking at them for athleticism, but from what he told me, and this is one of the best athletes I know, this is somebody who stands at 6'4", could probably run a 4'5", he's talking about this guy as one of the best athletes that he's ever been around. Uh, he said, like, he can kick return he's versatile in like a, in and out of the box he's fast he's quick he's agile he can jump out the gym um and as an nfl safety if there's one thing that you need it's that sort of athletic versatility because yeah. you're going to be asked to do a lot so of things much. so i see him as somebody that could potentially come in and make an immediate impact if not just special teams in which and that's kind of selling them short in my mind but somebody that's just going to be immediately plug and play um if everything that he said about him holds which you know I, I trust him uh and he's already you know up there in terms of prospects but i think you know it if he's that sort of athlete then he's going to continue to make strides because if there's one thing that has stayed consistent throughout the entire history of, of drafting and scouting and prospects is that if you prove that you're a special sort of athlete you're going to jump you're gonna jump, and it, it, so I, I think that's somebody. Wins, man. Exactly, it wins. So that's a guy that I think can go into the Senior Bowl and then to the Combine and really start to impress people and show them just the type of special athlete that he is. Is that your last guy? That is my last guy. Okay, I have I actually have two more guys. Okay. So um, first, um, I just put him on my list just because he didn't really have his best game mm -hmm. um in the national championship. So just able to bounce back, Christian Fulton, that is. Yeah. Like I said, didn't have his best game. So just a chance, you know, like we said, the wide receiver class is stacked. So just some other guys, you know, receivers, you're going to be facing Pittman um, from Southern Cal. I lied. That's not my last guy. I, I, I want to say something about Pittman, but okay. continue. Um, Duvernay from Tennessee. So I just feel like Christian Fulton, definitely a first-round pick, no question about that. But just mm -hmm. a chance, you know, maybe even to jump some guys, you know, Right. In the first round, just, you know, to solidify, I am that number one. Yeah. And to your point, a lot of because the way Derek Steenley really popped off this year, sometimes it, about him, exactly man. he can get lost in all of that to where you have Delpit and, Del and you have Stingley. So, you know, somebody who's talented like Fulton can, you know, if you're the third best DB, but you're still really good, some people might, you know, forget about you. But you mentioned Pittman. I have seen far too many mock drafts or projections or rankings that disregard Pittman. Yeah, man. And for a Belitnikov finalist, for somebody that I watch personally almost every single game this year, do some special things on that field, somebody, if he continues to be ranked this low, it's going to be unfortunate for him, but somebody is going to get <laughs> a really, really good player yes. at a really, really great value yeah. in the draft because if he's anything less than a third round pick, that is absolutely ridiculous to me. Yeah, and the only reason he would even be a third round pick is just again a very stacked class. And yeah. I, I understand and respect that, but even within the stacked class, I see him at the very least as a top six receiver, just because I, I, he's 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 big. First of all, he's a huge dude. Um, he's faster. He's a lot of times those dudes too, exactly when you're when you're long like that a lot of times the speed isn't necessarily within the acceleration right but 
those strides just eat up the space between the wide receiver and the DB. And that's really how you beat a guy. And he's able to use those, those, you know, physical tools to create space. And then how many times this year, you went to the USC games, how many times this year did we see Keaton Slovis just throw it up to Michael Pittman and he comes down and makes a play with it? Bailout, man. He's a bailout receiver. Like, I, I see Kenny Galladay in him all day, every day of the week because he, he's, he's build. frame, build, you know, sneaky speed, and yeah. you can throw it up to him and he will make a play on the ball. Somebody's going to be really lucky, man. Exactly. Somebody And in years past, there have been guys similar to him physically that have come out and kind of taken the same trend where they started out a little bit higher and then they kind of dropped because they weren't yeah. as special as an athlete as some dudes. But those dudes almost always come in ready to play. Yeah. A guy like He's Alan. He's a hard worker. Too, exactly. Hard worker, great guy. That. Like he was Pop Warner. Uh, he, he won a Pop Warner award for a community service that he does off the field. Like he's a he's a great locker room guy in addition to being a great football player but a, a guy like um uh, alan lazard for the the packers right now there's another dude that was really productive in college um but just wasn't that great of an athlete but he was really big started for the green bay packers right now and he beat out two other really good receivers for that starting spot um and i i see uh pitman coming in and making an immediate impact wherever he goes yeah so my last guy i think is actually the most intriguing prospect mm-hmm. um, for this upcoming senior bowl. He plays quarterback, so even more intriguing than Jordan Love. Jalen Hurts. Mm. Heisman finalist, plays with Lincoln Riley, quarterback guru, gets to play with C.D. Lamb. I, he's my number one receiver in the class. C.D. Lamb? Yeah. Okay. I, I know, you know, there's Judy. Mm, but, yeah, that's what I'm going to say. Judy's like pretty good, man. Huh? Yeah, man. But Lamb's my number one receiver, so you know he, he plays in a great system, gets to produce, mm-hmm. leaves Alabama, all of that. But it just, and it's not just me. This is just like consensus. There's still something missing. There is. Where you see him and say, is he a starting quarterback? No. And I I, I don't see it either. And I, I completely agree. There's just and something that's not there. And it's not a joint and love issue to where he wasn't with the talent. That was mm-hmm. never an issue for Jalen Hurts. So I'm really interested to see how he plays. And I wouldn't even say in the pro system because I feel like even though Lincoln Riley wouldn't run that exact system in the NFL, he's kind of played right. in something similar to that. But I'm interested to see if Zach Taylor or Matt Patricia, who, whoever, I'm not sure what team he's on, mm-hmm. if they're just going to use him strictly at quarterback. Because this mm. season, we've seen the takeoff of your yeah, athletic quarterback, like right. Taysom Hill. Lamar he's Jack. Like this oh, gadget ta- guy. okay, yeah. Yeah, Taysom Hill, like this gadget guy, he does this, you know, plays tight end, plays receiver, right. plays running back, wildcat, all of that. And I'm interested to see how Jalen Hurts is used in drills, in the actual game. So I think Jalen Hurts, if he's willing to do more, can actually, right now he's mocked to like be a late second, early to mid third. I, and I think, to me, that's even still too high, man. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I think if he's willing to to expand his versatility and embrace that, that he might be able to shoot up some boards. And the thing is, when you, when you bring up a guy like Taysom Hill, like even though he wasn't necessarily the, the, the greatest, you know, prospect coming out, he right. had that raw athleticism. Like, he runs a 4-4 legitimately. Yeah. Jalen Hurts, I don't think he can... Right. I don't think he can do that. Like, I, I'm not sure if you can put him in a, in a Taysom Hill role because everything that he has to me just comes up a little bit short too short and yeah i totally agree taysom hill i feel like what he does for the saints he's special mm-hmm. like 
you're not going to find that every no. draft. But what I do know is that the NFL, NBA, every sports league is a copycat. Yeah, so you think somebody's going to try it. Okay. Every, everybody is going, first of all, Taysom Hill's a free agent. Somebody's mm-hmm. going to try to steal yeah. him away. Saints. It's coming from Saints. Please <laughs> put a first round tender on that guy and just, hey. just leave it alone. But I feel like they're going to see the build. Mm-hmm. They're going to see the size. They're going to see him on the field. Running fast, he, he's fast. He's yeah. not taking some hill fast, but he's yeah. fast. I, I, I give him about um, high four fives. Whether whether it's Belichick, Sean McVay, one of these offensive geniuses is going to try to make something out of Dylan Hurts, and mm. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised. By yeah, that. I, I agree with you. Um, I, I can see somebody trying it, but I don't see it. Yeah, working. I, agree. I, I agree. Because like the arm, like he's, he's he can throw the football accurately at times, but it just comes up just that much short and and yeah. the athleticism comes up just that much short and, and the 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 ability to play within the offense and and have a hold on the offense comes up just that much short like it's like he's almost there but just, like, not, just not quite. quite he reminds me a lot of Taj Boyd if you remember yeah. him out of Clemson yeah. like great college player functioned very well within Clemson functions well within a college system but just does not meet the mark as an NFL player yeah if this for me as a Saints fan, throughout the season, I was really I was I was down for us to get hurt. But mm-hmm. coming back to reality, I really feel like if he does come to the Saints, he has to be with an offensive mastermind. And this is not what I'm bringing up as a gadget, but like as a legitimate quarterback, he's ha- he has to be one of those guys. He has to be around weapons. Mm-hmm. He has to be around a great offensive coach in order for him to maximize whatever it is that he can do at quarterback. I don't think he can go to somewhere like I'm not sure. But a team that, you know, isn't drafting high right. but needs a quarterback for the future, Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, they have Rudolph, yeah. but there's no, you know, solidified. And J.K. Dobbs. It, it, it's, yeah, but, to me, that that's kind of the role I see him filling is maybe just a career backup, a guy that can come in every so often and help you a little bit. Yeah. A Brett Hundley kind of like just, just like not NFL caliber. He's NFL caliber, but not starting quarterback franchise quarterback caliber like he just doesn't meet the mark in that respect and he could easily prove me wrong because he was a darn good college quarterback and every time someone you know challenged him or you know said that he wasn't capable he went out and proved him wrong so you know by all means I I hope that he does but I just objectively speaking I don't see it I I don't see the 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 skill set translating all that well yeah yeah, I agree with that. All right. So uh, I, th- I think that's it for you, right? Yeah. Okay. So I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode of On the Clock with Reagan Griffin and Cameron Lewis. I appreciate you guys for tuning in. We're going to be doing this a lot. Uh, we're going to be doing this all the way up through April or maybe a little bit after, man. We love this. We're going to grind on this, man. Uh, make sure to follow Square One on social media, uh, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Listen to our other podcasts, Hoop and Holler, Triple Coverage. Um, go read our our stuff on medium got a lot of good articles coming out uh watch our youtube videos all that good stuff we're trying to go multi-platform in 2020 um but that's going to do it for this episode see you guys next time